Yeah, thank you very much for making time for us. I know you're uh, already very busy ramping up for the new season ahead, and uh, you had your mini camp in Florida last week. Uh, give us a sense of, of, of how that went. Some pretty appealing players there. Or how did it go? Yeah, I mean, it was there was lots of competition. I mean, it was our first chance together to get together as a staff um, and coach players, coach football, and start the season kind of the way I look at it. Um, you know, it's always good to get out on the grass and, and, and coach players and, and watch them compete. And I think that's the big thing we got out of it. We have a lot of guys that are going to be able to compete at camp. So we had a good competitive atmosphere there. And guys picked up the systems pretty well for a three-day kind of throw everything at them and see if they could swim or float. <laughs> right. What what tone were you seeking to set as, as a coaching staff? More than anything, we want competition. We want guys to be aware that, they, you know, it's up-tempo uh, system that we run on offense and then on defense they got to be prepared for everything so uh, basically you want competitiveness more than anything we want guys that treat each other well and compete and compete hard so I felt like we accomplished all that while we were there you know the other thing is we wanted guys to pay attention uh, learn what we were teaching them in meetings and then kind of apply that you know on the field I said swim and float I meant sink or swim and that's kind of what you <laughs> I knew what you, what you meant for, <laughs> you know look for when the guys are doing that but because uh, we threw we threw quite a bit at them, and uh, we wanted to just see kind of what you guys were capable of learning, um, but then also how they competed and how they treated each other and treated the coaching and keep, treated everyone there at, at Dodgertown. You know, see what kind of guys we had. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you said the phrase up-tempo, and I'm sure fans listening now are glad to hear that as well. And I know that you're in, in the winning business, whether the game is entertaining or not. But I, th- I think fans want an up-tempo game because it's often more entertaining. And I've always believed that if you're a football team or a hockey team, um, you win not by reacting to what the other team is doing, but by taking the initiative. And I've always felt that, especially on offense, the up-tempo offenses in football are the ones that take the initiative and are often more successful. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. Having done it last year and seeing what it does to different defenses, and um, particularly when you're successful on first down, what it can do, it kind of opens up everything. And, you know, long drives, and, you know, you get guys kind of on their heels a bit, the coordinator and the players as well. So, you know, we, we enjoy that as an offense, and we know it's a weapon. Uh, the biggest thing is you got to get everybody uh, on the same page early, and I think that's what we're going to do from day one and and let guys go out there and, um, teach them and understand what we're expecting out of them. And I feel like if we can do that right from the beginning, we're going to be uh, very happy with the outcome uh, for our first game of the season. Well, and, and this sort of leads into another another point and another question I wanted to ask you, Jason. And I asked Mike Riley this when he signed the, the new contract a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I said, Mike, you guys went 14-4 and four and won the Grey Cup, so it's hard to complain about the results. But there were a lot of games where – you fell behind, and the offense was maybe sputtering a little bit. And, Jason, I know you weren't part of that journey last year in, in, in green and gold, but but Mike expressed it would be nice to be the team with the lead a little bit more and, and not feel your way into the game offensively. Is that something you want to maybe uh, guard against and maybe an area of improvement from last year? Yeah, I mean, ultimately the Eskimos this year have to be better than they were last year. I mean, to, to repeat and, and, and to do the things we want to do. I mean, every year you got to be better. And, you know, I did look at that. and We looked at that as a staff that, you know, they were in a lot of close games last year and came. it showed a lot of fight. I mean, they know how to finish. It's more about now being able to stay consistent and start faster. And that's going to be our model this year. Start, start and stay aggressive and finish everything we do. And, 
you know, I think that's going to be a mantra for us that we're going to try to get the players to buy into that, hey, we need to start better. And that goes with our preparation. That goes with every day that we're on the field, you know, looking to that, to do that. Um, the other thing we're looking for is continuity. I mean, the reason teams, the, the good teams, the teams that are successful every week and, and get leads are the teams that stick together and, and play together and the guys that aren't injured and can kind of stay in there and play and battle together. And so that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a group of guys. You know, the 12 guys that start the season on offense, I would love to have those same 12 play all 18 games. That's our goal. And same thing on defense. I'd love to have 12 starters that can play all 12, 18 games because that's the continuity you're looking for. Um, you know, if you can get that, the majority of your offense and your defense and your special teams, same guys learning every week and playing together, you know, good things happen. Obviously, that's very difficult to do. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the thing you need to do to be, uh, to me, um, better, more consistent. Yeah. Jason, it this it, it probably isn't fair, but but a lot of times coaches get labeled as you know a head coach gets labeled as an offensive coach or a defensive coach. Chris Chris Jones had been a defensive coordinator. A lot of people said he was a d- defensive coach. You were a quarterback and an offensive coordinator, and a lot of people say you're you're an offensive coach. I know that's probably not totally fair, um, but that's the perception. And I guess along those lines. Um, and with Mike Benavides on board, do you anticipate being a little less involved in what the defense does, or, or how do you see that relationship and, and workload is going to play out? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I'm, a, I'm an offensive coordinator as well on our team. I'm a head coach and offensive coordinator, so until I give up the reins of being an offensive coordinator, I'm always going to have more hand in the offense just because I install, we in, I help install the offense you know, daily. You know, you're still calling plays. You're doing all those things with the offensive guys all the time. So, um, but I've got some great word of advice over over the last you know six months from different coaches I've talked to. Scott Milanovic being one of them that said he's an offensive guy as well, and he said the time he spent with his defense last year paid huge dividends. He felt with the guys having more buy-in to him and more buy-in to his philosophy from the defensive side. I'm not necessarily going to, you know have a hand in what our defense does i just want to be around more if i can be in a meeting you know every week you know and i, I if i can give my offensive coaches more responsibility which i what i try plan on doing you know i can be in those meetings and, and listen to the defensive guys talk and be around the defensive guys more because i really believe it is important it's important to have that buy-in from the whole team rather than just one side of the ball because i'm i'm the edmonton eskimos head coach not just the offensive coordinator or just the offensive coach i'm a i'm the whole thing you know, I feel that way and, you know, want to be a part of everything that we do and feel strongly that everybody needs to buy into what our whole philosophy is as a team. And, you know, obviously it starts with the head coach and, and trickles down. Jason Moss joining us on Inside Sports, head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos. Sticking with the offensive theme a little bit here, look, I, I know you're thrilled to have Mike Riley locked up with the with the new three-year contract. He's become a hugely popular athlete in, in this city for sure. And you're an ex-quarterback. How involved, ideally, is the quarterback in the play design or the offensive philosophy? I mean, all that kind of stuff. Probably a lot of it I don't even understand because I, you know, <laughs> I'm the guy asking the questions, not yeah. drawing up the plays. But uh, you know, ideally, is Mike heavily involved with that, giving advice, or do you prefer him to just be the guy that goes out and executes it? No, I'm 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 firm believer in a guy that can understand what you're trying to do and has a hand in it, uh, thinking and uh, planning. 
always plays better in your system. So when he knows the whys of what you're trying to accomplish, you're always going to have a better quarterback. Um, the biggest thing that we always try to accomplish, we feel like the system that we provide a quarterback gives him a lot of answers and allows him to think his way through the offense. But there's always a time when he has the reins, you know, in our meetings early, where if he's stumbling around with why why we're trying to do something or he doesn't feel comfortable, when he has a suggestion, you know, we always listen and we always adapt. So there's things that we know work in the system and that he has to abide by. And obviously Mike's been proven in this offense he can do it. But when he's uncomfortable with something or has a better idea, when we're in our meetings, I always tell the quarterbacks, I'll listen to every single thing you have to say. But once we determine what we're trying to do and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, there is never room for anything other than what we've said. So once it's said, it's set in stone. But I always listen. And I think it's always better for a quarterback to feel like he has a voice. It makes him a better player. Okay. A couple more for you, Jason. Uh, the, the coaches challenge scenarios, I guess. The, the situations where you can challenge have been I- I expanded. I mean, no yards is, is in there. There's going to be an eye-in-the-sky official, which doesn't relate to challenges. How, how do you feel about this? Uh, now, the number of challenges you're going to have doesn't increase. I should I should remind people of that. Um, but how do you feel about this sort of expanded universe of the, of the video replay and, and that a guy who uh, uh, isn't even going to be at in the stadium on the field can have an impact perhaps saying, pick up that flag or this guy was offside as opposed to a legal procedure? How, you know, it's it's sort of a it's sort of an interesting road that the CFL continues to push down. Yeah, I, I... I'd say it's a definitely interesting road that we're trying to push down. It's given us, you know, more opportunities for the coaches to be wrong now. I mean, if you ask me, I mean, now it's, there's so many things that we can challenge and so many times that we can do it, yet we don't get very many challenges to do it. So you got to pick the right one and understand. And then with there being more rules and more opportunities to challenge, you have to be really clear what you can and cannot challenge and how it's going to be perceived each and every week if it's going to be the same. I, to be honest, I'd almost rather have us put all of our money into helping our, our officials do what they're doing now is, is to get different training and bring them to our mini camps and fly them all over and, you know, do stuff like that with their training. You know, I'd rather almost put the money into that. But the way we're doing it now, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it leads it to where people are going to question probably the coaches about what they challenge more than anything and, you know, how they got it right or didn't get it right. Uh, yeah, and I may be one of the guys doing that to you throughout the season, Jason, so I'll apologize in advance. <laughs> Last one for you. Uh, just to close up with another minicamp thought. I, I mean, look, and I know there were a lot of good players there, and, and you got the competition that you wanted, but when you sign guys who who played in the NFL and, and have speed, they're going to get the headlines. What do you see from Jacoby Ford and Joe McKnight? And uh, I know they're not on that opening day roster yet, but any potential for how they might be used if they become Eskimos? Well, they're both they're both going to vie for that returner job more than first and foremost. I mean, that's the biggest you know thing that they can do. I know up here uh, without you know ever looking at their skill set on the offense. So that's going to be a huge thing for us is to figure out who our returner is. But both of them showed flashes. Flashes, you know, obviously Jacoby being a receiver by trait, you know, he can you can run routes. You can see the skill set he provides. He's explosive. He catches the ball well. He can run pretty good routes you know, getting in and out of breaks and things like that. Uh, his understanding of the offense is going to improve as he gets in further into it. Joe, it's kind of hard to adjust to judge a running back in a mini camp because there's nothing inside the tackle that he's doing with the ball in his hands. But when he runs routes, he runs very smooth, transitions in and out of breaks extremely well. 
So the and his catchability is great. So he's going to adapt well to our system as well and into the league. It's just a matter of him staying healthy and providing that spark in the return game and basically us choosing, you know, between a number of guys who could best suit that for us. But uh, they both have huge upside for our league. Right on. Jason, thanks a lot for making time for us. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time for, uh, to have you back in the city and to be coaching this team. Of course, we'll talk throughout the season. I know camp is about a month away. So uh, all the best as you roll into that. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.